What does it mean to have someone's back? One fundamental key to success is to surround yourself with people that have yours covered at all times. Today, I sit down with Tony Nash, combat veteran, life tactician, and host of the Got Your Six podcast to discover how we can grow further together. We discuss how he's developed the night before journal to keep him calm and the chaos that comes with active duty lifestyles. And we also dive deep into the core identity that both athletes and military personnel grapple with and how to find yourself beyond what you do for a living. This is episode 168 with Tony Nash. You're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp. Now, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by none other than Tony Nash, the freaking legend, the host of the Watch Your Six, Got Your Six podcast. Got Your Six podcast. Yeah, Absolutely man. legendary podcast going all things military. Tony, first off, how you doing, dude? That's what I want to know. First off, I'm going to just say I am excited and amped. I don't ever look forward to the future, but December 2022 is something to look forward to because someone's got a book dropping and I can't wait to get my hands on a, a copy of that. Dude, hopefully sooner than that, man. Hopefully sooner yeah. than that. <laughs> Pre-order now because they're not going to stay on the shelves long. Dude, I appreciate you. Um, where, where are you calling in these days? Where are you Today, right now, Currently, we're in Kansas. Okay, okay. I'm trying yeah. to keep up with you, man. You get, Obviously, you're still uh, in the Army. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate structure, routine, habits in an environment like that where on the flip of a switch, preparation and everything go out the window and you're just like, all right, I guess I'm here now. This is what's happening. I got to go back to my man Sun Tzu on this one, right? The battle is fought before the battle is even waged. And I know I probably butchered that. Uh, so if people go to look it up, I apologize. But essentially, it always starts the night before or the day before that preparation that goes into it. Uh, and then also having grace with myself, regardless of what mm. you want to get accomplished, you know, accept what you can do, what you can control and know that we live in this very, we live in a world that's ever changing and you just have to be adapted, be adaptable to your surroundings. I love that, man. Um, I love the, the nighttime routine that you've introduced the journal that you've really created around it as well. Walk me through what that looks like on a night to night basis, because I got my own, but I'm always curious to learn and adapt from other people like yourself. Yeah. So the night before journal, I got a, I got a fresh copy here. Cause I just go through it. Um, but it, it's just really to outline for the month. What is that one, you know, big goal you want to take away. And then within the week, what are two goals? Cause I found like, there's a lot that can be attributed to a symptom versus an actual problem. And when you start to like look at symptoms and you try to address and solve all, all of those, you really miss the problem. So what this forces me to do is diagnose what problem do I want to solve? What goal do I want to accomplish? What do I want to get after? And then from there, I just kind of peel it, peel back the onion, as they say, uh, you know, monthly, weekly, and then what are the three things I want to accomplish each day? And then also recognizing that there's, there's space for failure. And if it wasn't for embracing failure, there is no way in the world I would be where I am today because I've learned so much from the failing and I fail constantly. What's been uh, your favorite failure up until this point? Oh, great question. Um, it really depends on what, it, I think it goes back. I mean, everybody's got one, you know, on the podcast, I asked a question, like, what is your greatest failure that's led to a success? Mm. And for me, it goes back to like being in the seventh grade and I must've missed like click day where everybody chooses their group. So I've always had like this underdog mentality, um, 
that I am my biggest enemy in the sense of like, you know, just like uh, obstacle is the way, right? Like mm. being the person that limits yourself is you and understanding how I adapt to problems uh, that ultimately I want solutions out of. So I guess the failure is not allowing myself to just get stuck in a mindset of woe is me, um, but looking for opportunities in that failure. So I didn't really answer your question. Um, I did my best to skirt around it, but I would say, <laughs> yeah, it goes back to, you know, just feeling like you don't belong and then working extra hard, ultimately just to prove to yourself that you do belong. Mm. Yeah. I love, I love that you alluded to it as uh, click day. It's like yeah. draft day. Right. Somehow. Yeah. You show up one day in seventh grade and you're like, wait a second. Uh, I don't have a lunch table. I don't, I don't know where to sit. Where do I what, fit in? Yeah. What's going on? Um, how have you shed that? And now I feel like, I mean, we've only connected really once before this, just right. through a phone call, but I feel like we know each other decently well. And, um, I feel connected in, in just our short time that we've known each other, thanks to our mutual friend, Aisha, for putting us in touch. How have you Absolutely. shed that and really found belonging and just good people around you now? Cause I think a lot of people are still stuck in that like seventh grade. Oh my God, I'm overthinking it. I'm weird. What's happening. Like, how do we embrace that? Or how do you embrace that? You, you made a great assumption that I've shed it. Uh, it's something that I constantly struggle with because I have to go back and look in the mirror and know that I'm my only competition. Um, and at the end of the day, like what I do, the actions I take or don't take accurately predict where I am currently in my life. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing that is a constant reminder that I, I have to go through and be like, Hey, am I doing what I want to do? Or am I chasing something that is shiny for everybody else? And we're all trying to go to the same thing mm. because I, I mean, there's been times and I'm sure you can relate to this too, of like chasing, whether it's in, you know, when you were swimming or, you know, whatever in life you're trying to chase, everybody's trying to chase this big thing that looks great and grand, but it really doesn't provide any value to your life. Yeah. What would you say is something that maybe in the past you were chasing that you had that realization of like, why am I doing this? Like, what is, this isn't, this wasn't for me. Have you had anything like that? Absolutely. Um, the first one that comes to mind, I recently graduated grad school last May, but before that, I, Let's yes, go. thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I applied to all the big names, right? And I really, like, I had my heart set on Harvard for 10 years. I wanted to go there really bad. Hmm. Um, and I applied, I did all this work. I spent hours studying for the GREs, all this stuff, only to get a rejection letter that says, uh, it's not us, it's you kind of thing. It was much nicer than that. But ultimately that led to me getting into Cornell, which is not a bad second option. And mm -hmm. the friends and what I was able to learn and even throughout COVID uh, was just such a blessing. Um, so that that is one, to answer your question, that would be one where I looked at it and was like, hey, everybody really wants this because it's the best. But what the best for me was, was going to Cornell, the relationships I've made and continue to make through that, um, through you know, the alumni association and stuff is fantastic. Cause I ultimately see my city, myself as just a kid from Buffalo, New York, right. Just like, you know, snot nose, like just trying to stay out of trouble, uh, the best I can. So when I look back at stuff like that, I'm like, how did that really happen? I, I don't think so. And you just kind of 
try to move on, but you appreciate it and enjoy it um, in the moment. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, I mean, I think we do this all the time, especially Ivy league is the perfect example, right? Like even within the Ivy league to your point, there's, there's maybe some perception separation between the prestige of different institutions and establishments. And I mean, I feel like we do that in all areas of our life, right. Where we look at something and how many times one of my favorite um, analogies and kind of where I was going with this is, I don't know if you're familiar with the poet in Q love, love him to death. He is a fantastic spoken word poet. If people haven't heard him before, definitely check him out. He is really critical in my own journey into just personal development. um, Cause I first got introduced to him like three at this point, like four plus years ago. Um, Anyway, he has this um, saying around how dating can be a lot like house shopping, right? And how often do we sit on Zillow and we look at the, we find the perfect house and we've already moved into it before we've actually checked the door handles or done anything else. We have no idea how that house would actually serve us in that moment. And I was like, man, we do that with so many different things in our life. We do that with the Harvard, right? Where it's like, well, I know my life would just be 10x better once I'm in Harvard and I go through the curriculum. And sure. it's like, who knows? Maybe Harvard was just not meant to be. And right. like, there's a cracked foundation there that you kind of avoided by going to Cornell instead. To your point, yeah, it's not a bad second option. <laughs> no, and, and here's the thing too, right? Like at the end of the day, there was such a relief that I didn't get in. Uh, which just ultimately told me I was chasing the, I was chasing the wrong thing from the beginning, which is refreshing, but you need to kind of go through all, put in all that work. And it's like, all right, I'm where I need to be at the right place in time. Why do you think that relief was there? Like I said, I I think I, I built it up because it, it had to work. Mm. Um, But what I've found to your point, like, you know, going through the house and stuff like that, when I'm putting in the work, like it ultimately shows the the path kind of starts to show itself. But if I sit back and think, and that's not to say not to reflect because I reflect a lot. Yeah. But if you just sit and think, and there's no action taken, you're you're just looking down this very like dark path. But as you slowly start to, you, you have like a flashlight, right. Kind of like going through the night. And if your flashlight's off and you're trying to find a path, you can't really do anything. But if you have just a little bit of light on what's in front of you, you're able to keep moving forward and see kind of how the path meanders whichever direction you need to go on that, whatever particular Mm. journey you're on. Yeah. And to your point of feeling relief, I feel, I like to say feelings can be flashlights uh, in that sense. Right. And really, I think what's super cool now is we are living in a society and a culture where feelings are allowed to be expressed a little bit more, especially um, on the masculine side of things. And I would be curious to hear kind of your take because that's being still in military culture and everything that comes with that. What has been your experience of allowing yourself the grace and space to feel the feel, the feels that come up on a day-to-day basis and still keep this like badass edge to who you are as well. So I'll hit you with an analogy, right? So, and this is kind of goes into like a culture versus climate thing. So if we look at like back in the day, there was like BDUs, which were like the green, uh, the dark green, the dark brown, and the black kind of fatigues back early nineties. Um, and part of that, you had black boots and with the black boots, you had to shine them. 
And why do you think in this, you, you know, I'm just going to ask you, like, why do you think they had to shine the black boots? It can't be just to look good. Right. Like, and that's what people that, think, right. It's like a discipline yeah. thing or to look good. But as you go over time, right. It was to preserve your equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that applies to your emotions as well. If you're not taking the time to let that, those emotions out in a healthy way, uh, your equipment's going to break down. Your mind's going to, you're going to get to a point where you can't take on any more. So you're going to constantly look at preparing your equipment, especially like, you know, what we train for to do all the time. If I'm not taking care of my equipment, the soldiers that are around me and myself, there's massive faults where, where people's lives are on the line. And that's, that's a very dangerous game to play. So you're constantly looking at, how do you, you know, check on your equipment, check on yourself, check on your soldiers. Mm. Um, and if you're not doing one of those things and one of them is checking on yourself, you're going to break down. And that always can happen. That can happen at a point where it's, you know, hugely beneficial or not beneficial. And it's, it can take away from not only getting you in trouble, but other people in trouble and sometimes even life and death. Mm. What does your current lifestyle look like to, do the proverbial mental checkup on yourself and, and taking care of all of those other, your equipment, your hardware, your firmware, everything that makes you, you, what is that looking like right now? So it's a cons it's, it's a bunch of different things, right? You can't put too many thoughts to go to your software yeah. analogy. Like you can't leave too much stuff in your, you know, your recycle bin, otherwise your computer shuts down. So you're taking out the trash every once in a while, but you're also constantly looking for updates, right? So that could be like, you know, back to our boy, Bobby doing 10 minutes in the morning. I like to try to do 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. And it's not, you know, whether you use an app for meditation or just kind of close your eyes and sit in silence. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like working out, spending time with people that give you joy because you only have so much, right. And we just keep dropping analogies. Um, But I mean, you only have so much in your bank each day, right? So if you're just writing checks and you're not receiving anything in, you're going to go broke. Um, and you, you have nothing left. So you got to look for opportunities, you know, whether it's mutually beneficial, like spending time with my wife is something I always look forward to, whether mm-hmm. I took, you know, we can do breakfast together on the, you know, we can do lunch. Dinner is kind of like a non-negotiable thing uh, where, you know, sitting down to a meal and it's those moments and those opportunities that I look for and structure throughout my day to make sure I'm not only giving, but I'm also receiving um, to, and having that, mutual balance at the end of the day. So I'm not in the red. I continue to stay in the black mentally. Mm. I love all these analogies that we're just <laughs> coming up with on the spot and uh, where they're going. I mean, I love, uh, we'll just keep, keep them rolling here. But uh, one of my favorites that really came to mind there too, is like when we're talking about um, we all have iPhones or for the most part, we have iPhones or some sort of smartphone, yeah. right. And like, how often do we update the phone, like the get the software update, but we don't actually update to the latest iPhone. And that's good and great for a certain amount of time. But then eventually we have to, just because of the way Apple's freaking genius and, and I think they intentionally have them break down after a year or two, right? You have to buy the latest iPhone for it to keep up the processing and everything that comes with these software updates. Where I'm going with this is I think we do the same thing with our physical and mental bodies, right? Like we can do all these mental resets and and tools, but we also have to update the actual like firmware, like our actual physical body and keep that craft sharpened as well. What is your current 
more like training look like on the physical side of things? And how are you making sure that like that is growing in conjunction with more the mental side of everything that you're doing? Putting myself in positions where I'm uncomfortable in Mm. training, right? Not to the point where I'm going to hurt myself, you know, but making sure like it forces me. So there's a lot more that goes into that than just going through a workout and like saying you're going to do Murph every day for 45 days or whatever. And I love people that do that. That's great. But like that, that means you're, you know, mobility. It's outside of the gym. So you're looking, like I said, mobility, eating right, sleep, man. I, you know, I always want to try to say like, I can just go without sleep. And I think I was able to do, I was never really able to do that, but I would just like, you know, in my mind, be able to tell myself, Hey, we can just keep going, going. And then having to, you know, going through like things like ranger school and like deployments and stuff like that. It's like, Hey, this is a no joke, non-negotiable whenever you can kind of get it, whether it's five minutes or, you know, sometimes you got to take 20 minutes in between a meeting to take a quick nap. Right. Um, looking at those things that all feed into that moment where you're in the arena, training your mind and your body to perform. Cause mm-hmm. if you're not taking your equipment outside, you can't expect it to work when you need to use it. Mm, I love that, man. It's that's like the philosopher's approach, right? It's like, I want, I want practitioners. I think it's D- David Goggins, you know, we'll keep with the military thing. I'm pretty sure he says something like that. Like I want to, I want to hear from the people that are doing the shit not from the people that are just reading about it, you know what right. I mean? Because yeah, it's, it's one thing to read about and be fascinated about war. Right. But it's a whole other thing to be in your shoes and your experience and actually use what you have read about and trained for. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's good that you're putting this into practice. I, I like to yeah, see and it. It's, it's one of those <laughs> things too. Like you don't recognize it in the moment yeah. until we have conversations like this and you start and you're like, I'm saying, can I, can we, where, yeah. what's the level in the podcast? Yo, I don't say like, like, holy shit in my mind. Yeah. Um, what a rip. <laughs> like I, it's like this, I've been doing stuff for so long in a certain way or constantly adapting different things. Cause like my morning routine is different now than it was, you know, six, seven months ago. Mm. Um, but you know, that comes through iteration and stuff like that. And when we can get down to the factory versus laboratory discussion, either now or, in, you know, down the road, yeah. but you know, like a factory is monotonous tasks repeated over and over again. That's why factories are really great for robots and a laboratory. You need people that are constantly and critically thinking. So if you look at a laboratory, yeah, you can see robots, but they're just, if they are, they're doing those monotonous tasks. They're not critically thinking. Um, And if you're, if you constantly stay as a factory, you'll either like, it won't exist. Right. That's why we, you know, we outsource all of our factories elsewhere. Right. Because we're so busy looking at critical thinking. Mm. Um, so I, I try to, you know, yes, there's time to be a factory and do things, but it's through constant iteration. So what it might look like a factory is actually a laboratory. And I hope I didn't confuse anybody with that analogy. That's what I say. We're just going to have to put this all down in the show notes, like break down every analogy that exists on this so far. I mean, we're, hit, we're hitting them hot, man. I, I love it. Um, I love that point too. And we'll, we'll keep rolling with what is something that you're currently in the laboratory with like experimenting, trying out. Um, I'm very much the same. Like I will try something out for really a few months before I even come out publicly and be like, and this is what Corey recommends doing. Like one of the things that people are now seeing 
for me is like taking an, an ice bath before bed. And that was something that I was trying out and playing around with for months and months and months before I even posted one video, because I, I want to make sure that it's, it's an authentic thing. It's not a, Absolutely. I'm lying to you. I did this one time and I just recorded it from 10 different angles and I'm just going to repurpose the content. Um, <laughs> what's something that on your end, I'd be curious that you're, you're right now playing around with, you're trying out, you're tinkering, you're not sure if it works, it doesn't work. Where are you at with that? So one thing is I used to wake up and I would go right into doing meditation Well, I would like drink some water, you know, the the water with lemon and con or, uh, you know, con or not Kanye pepper, but, uh, cayenne pepper and like a little Himalayan salt, squeeze yeah. a lemon, you know, that whole thing. And that would go into meditation now, uh, with it being a little bit colder in Kansas and our heater, not uh, warming the gym as much as possible. I just have to go right in to the garage gym. Cause if I sit around and it's going to allow me to pull my phone out and then I, I don't get done what I want to get done. Um, and I tried so many different ways to work my way around that. And I just can't, I just got to go in there and do the thing in the gym. So I've now pushed the meditation to after the workout and working with that. And sometimes it works. And sometimes I'm just, I'm spending, you know, 20 minutes just trying to calm down to get to a point where I can like breathe. And I'm like, Oh, got to go on to the next thing. So mm -hmm. I'm playing around with that right now. And it's just like those small tinkering. I'm not adding anything. I'm just kind of more of like shell gaming how this works. And I might switch back you know, when it's not as cold, uh, in the morning and, you know, go back to meditation before the gym. So there's, it's just like constant iteration here and there as the situation changes. I love hearing the fluidity and the flexibility in it too. Like, I think there's this misconception in any, really any conversation with high achievers, peak performers, whatever we want to like coin right. ourselves as right. This badge that uh, is oftentimes self-proclaimed is that like, we're just so disciplined and so like rigid, but I, I love to hear that the play exists there. And it's also like, there's going to be different seasons of our lives and that, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like certain yeah. plants grow better in certain seasons and that's totally normal. You know, you, you live in an area where it gets freaking cold yeah. <laughs> and also gets really hot in the summertime it too, does. right? Like it does, it's going to look different based off of that as much as I think you put something up the other day, right. Where you can't control the weather, but oftentimes the weather can dictate like how you play yeah, your cards. Yeah. Controlling the controllables. Right? Yeah. It's absolutely. Uh, and it's, and that goes into like life tactics, right? Like we use tactics all the time. Um, you know, in doctrine where it's like, Hey, this is how you should approach the problem, or this is the systems that are in place. But as you go through, sometimes you have to kind of merge tactics a little bit to, you know, defeat and conquer your enemy. And that enemy is yourself, right? What obstacles are kind of being presented in the way when you're just consuming content on the, you know, on your phone, when you really want to be doing something else, whether it's like, writing or reading or, you know, spending time with other people or just relaxing, you know, it, when you start to see these things re repeat over time, you cannot start to identify pitfalls. When you identify those gaps, then you have to be like, all right, I know I keep running into the same obstacle and I've tried many times in my head to go around it. How do I just remove the obstacle altogether? And then you can start to, you know, like you said, control the controllables. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm 
we got a little siren coming by no here, worries. so we'll just uh, we'll pause for a second and uh, let it go. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. We'll get back to it. Um, I love all of that that you just brought up with just staying flexible and yeah, I think to your point earlier, right? Like plans and preparation are fantastic, but you have to have the the willingness to adapt in the moment, the willingness to adapt when play is actually pressed and preparation is fantastic, but it helps, I think too, to be able to have these, these go-to plan B, plan C or what, you know what I mean? I, I like to look at it from the sports analogy world, right? Like you got a playbook. If you have a playbook, you're fantastic. You can prep the game plan, for the day, the week, the month, whatever that looks like. But, you know, Tony's going to show up and maybe he's super low energy on this podcast. That's going to change the play and the trajectory and, and where this conversation goes. Thankfully, you didn't. Thankfully, you showed up with a big, big <laughs> smile on your face, man, and, and we're rolling with it. But you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm hearing a lot come up in just what as you're speaking. It's like, be flexible with that. How have you learned, especially in a, in a leadership role in what you do professionally, but also personally in your life to be okay with still doing the preparation, even though it doesn't go as planned. Cause that can be frustrating for people like the expectation that comes with that. There's a term that's tossed around. I think it came around in the army or in the military in like the early eighties called VUCU. Um, and I think people familiar in the business world have seen it or at least heard about it, vol uh, volatile, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. And being able to be adaptable in those kind of environments really comes down to understanding what the actual end state is, because there's going to be a lot of obstacles and things like we talked about, you can't control that you're going to have to adjust to. Um, and you know, you could have a long list of things you want to accomplish in a day, but on your way to work, you get a flat tire and you're, you know six hours, you know, two hours late to work and you only have six hours to complete 10 hours worth of stuff. What do you need to like then prioritize? So you're constantly looking at what is, what am I trying to achieve at the end state? And then working back. That's why, I mean, I'm a massive fan of yours because you're always asking questions because the more questions you ask, you're able to, you're not really, you're, you're seeking answers, but the answers only help you ask better questions and refine your questions over time. Um, because I mean, I follow this trap. I'm sure maybe you do as well. Like sometimes you want to just get that like quick hitter and just get that answer and you're able to go. And it's, it's a much longer process than that because you have to kind of question, you know, the five whys. And I think you, you've talked about it before of like asking why, 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 why to you get to that root prop, that root cause, that root thing you're trying to solve. And it's like, I had six things I wanted to get done that don't actually apply to what I'm trying to do mm. off the list. And then you can just kind of, focus your energy and effort towards that one thing as opposed to looking at seven things yeah and to your point i think getting really good at listening pays off pays dividends there right like there whether it be our bodies people around us the just the universe whatever you choose to believe in it's constantly giving you feedback and kind of like a guidance of like yo like let's go here um, but very rarely are we ever slowing down enough to like pause and actually listen to understand that. And I think that's 
what I'm, I noticed really well that you do really well is like, it's, it's almost like this tactical, like precision that you're doing a lot, but it's, it's all with a deliberate pace to it. You know, you have a really good understanding of, I need to hit it really hard right now, or I need to back off really hard right now. Where did that come from? Has that been cultivated through military, through um, sport? Like, where did that background come for you? It's a combination of all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up with, your, you know, my mom and stuff like that uh, in school through sports and then also in the military and how that kind of looks like in the military. It's something I use in the journal is an AAR, an after action review. So you take out three sustains and three improves during the day. Um, and looking at how, if you take that time to reflect every day, and this, you know, people do this in journaling all the time. It's the same sort of thing, but this is like very quick, short, like what, what, what went well, what didn't go well, what specifically that didn't go well was a failure. Why was it a failure? But I'm grateful for that failure because that allows me to move something else into that sustained column in the next day. Mm. Yeah, we talk, I talk a lot with the people that I work with about this challenge skills sweet spot, this balance that exists. Some people know it as that like 4% outside of your comfort zone, but that's, that's the space where flow really exists when it's so fine-tuned on both sides. Um, and I think we're constantly as seekers of growth and, and trying to better ourselves and show up and question, uh, those questions are really geared towards how do I refine that challenge skills sweet spot? How am I constantly assessing? Did Was I a little too ambitious today in the sense of, did I set out to do eight hours of work in four hours? How did that go? Okay, it didn't go well. Um, oh, I need to refine that. Maybe I need to do four hours of work in four hours type deal yeah. um, based off of my skills. If I'm a freaking time bending wizard, maybe I can do eight hours of work in four hours. Where, where are you finding right now that you have the biggest challenge in your life that you're currently facing? Embracing the journey that I'm on, knowing what I want to achieve and appreciating the current moment mm. because too often we want, like, we're like, hey, I want this. I need, I need this but I haven't earned again, right. We're, we're an E on this one. I haven't fucking earned it. I haven't put in the work to get to where I need to be. So I can think all day long and see other people that are achieving what I want. But if I'm not showing up for myself, then absolutely. I have no right to claim what I, what I, where I need to be. I can't do that. And when I start to, when I challenge myself with that, it's like, holy shit, that makes sense. Like, okay, well then what do I need to do to start getting there? And then it allows that action and that momentum starts to take over. Mm. Um, and you see it going back to your point of that challenge skill sweet spot. Uh, when you look at like professional athletes, there's an off season. They have time to reflect. They have time training camp. They train up for the season. And then they, you know, they either they go on to the playoffs or whatever, or they go back into the off season. But, you know, people in business, military, like everybody else, we always have to be on and there's no real off season. Sure. You, there's vacations and times, but it, it's, I mean, going back to our boy Nipsey hustle, right? The marathon continues and you have to be able to be in the marathon all the time, but that doesn't mean you have to be going all the time. Mm. Right. So you're, you're deliberately taking time out of your day weeks, whenever that is to reflect and look at, Hey, I've come this far. 
Where do I want to go? And here I am now, what do I need to keep doing or stop doing to continue on that path where, where I see myself reaching? Yeah, a hundred percent. I love the periodization model of like understanding. Yeah. It might be micro breaks in the day to day or the yeah. moment to moment, hour to hour type deal. You know, like we said before this, so I was like, I had a podcast recording right before and I had a 30 minute window. So I took a 20 minute nap. And that was like the micro break that I needed to kind of just let my nervous system and everything reset to then come back on and be like, okay, let's dive into this. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't tell me that I wouldn't have known. Right. Amazing. That's because what I love like, to hear. Your energy is just there. You're, you know, we're having a great conversation. You're facilitating well. And like, you could have said like, I had, you know, I, I slept all day long. I just woke up and we're doing this podcast. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's, I'm a big believer in, I, I like to call it, I allude to it as surfing your biorhythms, right? Like, so understanding oh, how, how your body operates on a moment to moment throughout the day basis. Um, and it really lends itself to that chronotype conversation of like, are you a night owl? Are you an early bird? Are you somewhere in between? And right. once you understand that, then you can really, you see the, there's these natural peaks and valleys in our energy levels throughout the day. I'm very intentional of like, even when this is recorded, like this came out of really good second peak or third peak for me in the day. Whereas right beforehand, I was like coming down on a little lull of things just naturally based off of how I'm wired. Um, everyone is got to figure out theirs. That's why I love morning routines. I love nighttime routines, but they're not, they're never going to be one size fits all across the board. And that's, if people are listening in and they get nothing else from this episode, I hope they take that away. Like what works for me, what works for you. Fantastic. Try it out, but you got to find your secret sauce. As yeah. Well. That has to be the name of this episode. Don't take my advice. Try it. <laughs> I like it. I like, yeah. I, to your point, right. Of, of questioning everything. I, I'm just, I just get super freaking curious to learn from people like you to see what I can more or less steal from you and put into my recipe yeah, and try it absolutely. out and put my spin and my flavor on it and be like, all right, cool. That works for Tony. It doesn't work exactly like that for me and I'm okay, but I never would have tried it if I never had this conversation. Right. Yeah. It's not a copy paste. It's like, a copy look at what you know what words how like the the rhythm goes how that kind of fits and then it's try iterate you know it's constant editing yeah right? what's the what's the best key what's my favorite key or what's the most used key on this keyboard the delete key right because all everything i always write down whether it's content creation blogs newsletters whatever uh i'm always going back to that delete key because it's that constant refinement, you know, don't be afraid to hit it because if you just try to put all this stuff on your back and you're like, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep carrying this. If it's not contributing positively to your life, get rid of it. Yeah. And I think that takes a, that's a skill in and of itself, right? Understanding yeah. is this serving me and also understanding like to your point earlier, right. Of how the, the routine has changed in the morning. Like it might serve you at one point at one season in your life. Well, but what works for what worked for me at 18 years old, like getting ready to go crush a swim meet versus me now, totally right. different. 
there's some similarities but unfortunately i can't eat like a triple burrito from chipotle (laughs) anymore without some sort of consequences you know as much as i would love that (laughs) no yeah it's the same it's the same here like you really you feel like you really want stuff whether it's like alcohol or food or like Mm -hmm. you know a bunch of sugar and you're like yeah i I crave that but like why do i crave that again it just goes back constantly asking these questions yeah yeah what a a question for you how do you these brought up vuca earlier uh which i freaking love how do you juggle your responsibilities as a husband as a military man and content creator because all of those could be looked at as a full-time job. How are you, how are you handling the VUCA that comes in all of those realms? I am constantly checking my ego Mm. constantly um, because I have to be aware that I'm not letting one slip too far, you know, across, like, I think of all of them, the content creation can, can dip more than the military and the husband thing. Right. Cause Mm. I want to spend the rest of my life with my wife. That's the reason I asked her in front of everybody uh, twice as we got married um, if she wanted to do this thing. And she said yes, both times. Talk about the absolute steal of the century. Um, in the military, right? Like I've thoroughly enjoyed my time from West Point to where I am now and continue to do this as long as I can. Um, and the content creation just allows me in a creative outlet to kind of get all the things that are in my head and use the delete key as much as possible to refine what am I trying to say? Mm. So it, it's constantly checking in. And that's why I, like the night before journal was developed out of necessity, not out of want. Like I needed a structure put in place for myself to deliberately force me to reflect on, am I doing the right thing? Or am I just thinking I'm doing the right thing and I'm going down a path that's just going to lead to despair me getting frustrated and a lot of like, you know, face palms. Mm. Yeah. What I love about that habit, especially, and like I said, I, I practice a similar thing. Like yeah. I, I call it just my daily cool down, just like you would cool that. down after a yeah, workout, yeah. right. Instead of going from workout right into the next thing, like you want to calm that nervous system and it helps to just get clarity on what's ahead, but it's keeping with analogies rolling, right? Like so many of us set our GPS on, I mean, by the time we're recording this, we're 18 days into 2022. So many people set our G, their GPS for the year, 18 days ago, and haven't even checked it since. So implementing something, no matter when it happens, it can happen in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, but some sort of constant check where you're, you're just getting more feedback. You're course correcting in real time. You don't set that coordinates and then pick your head up 365 or 10, 20 years from now and be like, Where the, how did I get here? <laughs> I don't understand. It's like, deal. Yeah, that's a skill in the, in the military. That's always constantly practice lane navigation, right? Where you just have a compass and a map and you have to go from point to point. And if you just keep your head down and try to go forward, you're, you're going to fail. Um, you're not going to hit your points. You're going to, you know, somebody's going to have to drive a truck to go find you. There's going to be a search party that's sent and, you know, but you're that analogy, you need people around you that can help out externally pull you back in. Mm. And if you feel like you don't have those people, you, you got to just figure out who, what those people look like. Cause they do exist somewhere. Um, and 
providing value to them to, you know, to be that for them as well is also beneficial because then you can start to see like, oh man, I can't believe he went down. You know, I can't believe Corey went down this path. I got to help pull him back Mm. because at the same time, you're always going to need those people to do the same thing for you. I love that. I think what's, what's crazy about today's day and age, right. Talking content creation and um, all of that. It's amazing. The, the, the level like barrier to entry for someone to be that for you. And it doesn't even have to be on such a, I don't want to say not a personal level, because I think what you and I both try to do from a content perspective is be really building that personal relationship with the community that you and I are respectively building. Um, You get to, you almost get a, a peek into people's lives in a way that they could do that for you without actually like having a interpersonal relationship where you guys can call each other up and be like, yo, Tony, I, I messed up. What's right. going on? Uh, can you, can you help me out here? Um, it's like a pattern interrupt, right? Like that's how I, I like to look at anything that I'm putting out is how can, how can this provide value to someone right now? And can it help serve as a maybe pattern interrupt if they're in a funk they need, they need something positive and uplifting. And maybe the person listening to this right now doesn't need that message. And that's, I'm okay with that because I know that message is going to resonate with who it needs to. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. And that's, that's the beauty about content creation um, is you're, you're forming and creating these messages because I'm just talking to myself, mm. uh, at least how, how I started. Like what messages did I need, you know, three, six, nine, you know, eight months or a year ago. Um, because I found those people in my life that are on different journeys because I've used other people's journeys at specific points to kind of pull from. And it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of where I needed to go. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I'm hundred percent in agreement with you on that. Yeah. I think the best storytellers out there tell their story in a way that you and I, or the listener can see themselves in the story. It's almost like, you become Will Smith in his new book and you're like, holy crap, this is pretty right. freaking cool. Like the, if he could do it, I could do it type deal. Um, who is someone in, in your life right now that you are looking up to and looking for guidance in that sort of setting or that arena? Every person I interact with because there's always something to gain. And there was a time in my life where I wasn't like that. Mm. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm wasting my time. And that really came hard and fast. We're like, Hey, check yourself because clearly you're the one at fault. If you can't gain value from somebody, I know you talked again, going back to Bobby's episode. Cause I listened to it again today. It's just such a banger. If you haven't checked it out. Um, and it, when you go to a party, you know, people do those are when we did those and they'll come back soon enough. One thing I always try to do is never ask anybody what their occupation is. Mm. because it's just so quick. Like, that's just like an easy thing. Like, Oh, you do that. Oh, you're a doctor. Can you tell me about this thing on my hip? Um, right, best, like, that, right? <laughs> it, it, like asking deep and meaningful questions to a stranger knocks my socks off because mm. it, it allows you to form this very uh, personal connection, but allows you to really extract somebody from an, another human being. So I'm constantly seeking, uh, you know, value from other people, even if I've never met them and not trying to go for those, like, what, where are you from occupations? Cause if somebody tells me they're from Buffalo, New York, 
I, I'm, you're going to have to pick me up off the floor because I'm automatically like your best friend. Um, and that's just how it goes. So I, I try to avoid doing those questions because I want to form a meaningful connection with whoever I interact with. Dude, I, I absolutely love that answer just all around. Um, I think that, I mean, you blew me away in the sense, that's not what I was expecting for you to go through or go for. So I, I love it. And yeah, I really, I really drive on that same wavelength of we're more than what we do. Um, oftentimes that comes from a, I think I talked about it in that episode with Bobby, just society very rarely are we going to ever take the time to do this, right? To sit down, have a conversation. We just so happen to record it, which is, I think, still the coolest freaking thing. Um, but very rarely are we going to take the time to sit down with a Tony, to sit down with the stranger walking right by my window right now as we record this and actually care enough to learn what makes them them. We are just so quick now because we are in a society where long form content just doesn't do it anymore right like it's the 15 seconds or bust or seven seconds even now who even knows and that's to me that's the real life version of tiktok and instagram and, and all those things it's i just want to get a seven second understanding of who you are and then i can decide are you worth the follow are you worth the follow-up and that's right. why people ask that question i think in my opinion um so i would be curious how do you define yourself beyond the labels that we have already alluded to and discussed up until this point? I would define myself as a purpose seeker, right? Mm. Staying on a, a, a purpose-driven mission, whatever role I'm in, whether it's in the military, uh, being a husband, being a brother, being a son, being a content creator, it's always having a purpose because that allows me to keep coming back and doing what I do. It's not always easy and it's not always fun, but it also is easy and fun at the same time. It just depends on where you are, you know, in that, in that, when you're surfing, as you talked, as you alluded yeah. to earlier. Um, so remaining purpose-driven is what I am. And that was something that was really brought to me again, going back to like grad school is like, there was nobody in the military that I associated with it in terms of like my student, my cohort, right. I was very, much in do as an urban planner, they were like, what they didn't know what to do with me. Um, and that was the greatest thing ever because it forced me to really kind of recognize I had this identity formed around my time in the military, but who the fuck am I really? Mm. And that was, that wasn't like an overnight question. It was a constant question I would ask myself. And that like, that had me like strip away a lot of different layers and go to some very vulnerable places in my mind and in my head and writing out stuff to figure out this is, this is what I'm actually about uh, as opposed to, Oh, I'm just this one thing. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting when we look at the like paradox of identity and like a healthy development there, it, it comes in all these stages, right? Like the first one is us just trying to figure out one label, one thing to just attach to. And oftentimes that's where I think we all are in our journeys when we find a sport or we find the military, you know what I mean? Like how yeah. often do we, we hear that story of, Oh, I was 18. I didn't know what to do. So I enlisted and we're just going to go figure it out. And then on the, on the other end of the spectrum, we 
the healthiest identity is the embracing the paradox that we can be multiple. And that's actually a, a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you can be a husband. You can be someone, you know, in the middle. You can be all these different things. Um, and not a single one of them defines your value and your worth. But Absolutely. they're all an expression of you at the same time. A, th- a thousand percent, right? Because at the end of the day, someday it will come around where you and I don't make a list that we really, really want to be on. Mm. And if we're so tied to being on that list, it's crushing. And some people, unfortunately, can never come back from that moment. But if you're able along the way to recognize I am more than just this one thing where I tied my identity to this, making this list and constantly showing up on top or being on that, you know, on that climb, that then opens you up to so many more opportunities in your life. Mm. I think that's really like what they mean by trusting the process and being able to buy in to it. You know what I mean? And it's ironic that those, there's a reason why like the Gary V's of the world are crushing it because they were willing to not worry about the, the lists, I think years and years ago. Um, but everyone, you know, everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's you know what the secret sauce timeline. is? Huh? You know what the secret sauce is? Consistency. Just showing uh, up. I would defining, defining your own success. Mm. Because it's all those things wrapped up, like you said, consistency, showing up, patience. But what success looks like for you, Corey, and me are two different things. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. Whether like if you're in a company and you're trying to compete to be like, you know, CFO, CEO or something like that, and you don't get it. If you've wrapped everything up into that one moment, it's never going to be rewarding for you because it's just one sided. And that's why we live in a 3D world, you Mm -hmm. know, where we have many dimensions to things. And if it's just flat, it will always ever only be flat as much as energy and effort you put towards it. So the more you can shape that identity and carve it, uh, the more beautiful it will be because sorry, this will, we're going to go off on a slight tangent here, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about grinding and grinding and like this grind mentality. And I love people that go out there and just continue to do, do things. But if they grind every day, and this is just from personal experience, if you grind every day, you're going to become nothing, right? Because eventually it's going to turn to dust. Now, if you're sculpting, that's very, very different, right? You're constantly shaping and forming some medium to look and it, it's never going to be perfect and that's okay. But if you cr- try to grind that thing and you just keep sculpting away to where it's nothing, you end up empty. Yeah. I think life is really just the, this beautiful balance of knowing when to grind and when to throw in a little bit of finesse and ease off, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it takes a, a softer, gentler touch to get that, sculpture where you want it to be rather than to your point just like let's put the nose down and we're gonna just grind it out type deal that's Absolutely. to me that's the surfing right like yep I think nothing's more frustrating I'll, I'll give i don't even know if i've told the story on here so I, I bought a surfboard a few months ago um haven't used it a ton and <laughs> mostly because i need to learn how to actually read a surf report i don't understand them still <laughs> to this day so imagine this, I grab my board, I make a commitment to myself when I'm planning out my week a few w- weeks ago, I'm going to surf on Friday morning. That's going to be right. the thing that lights me up. I'm going to look forward to that 7am Friday morning. I'm going to be out there. 
it's going to be beautiful to watch sunrise. Well, the surf report and everything else had other plans because mm-hmm. I grabbed my surfboard, got my wetsuit on, and I'm fortunate I live a block from the water. So I just, I walk on over, you know, kick my flip-flops by the lifeguard stand, and I look at the, the ocean, and the break is right on the beach. I was oh. like, well, uh, there goes that plan. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to surf that. I'm a very <laughs> novice surfer to begin with. Right. And there's no other surfers out here. They must know something that I don't know. And I think that's such a, a perfect, really example of just, we, we, we can't force like peak performance. We can't force things if they're not meant to be in that moment. And right. it's not to say that there weren't any waves that day. Like there probably were before, or after, I don't know when, again, I don't know how to read it, but they existed. I just yeah. timed it wrong. And so many people do that on a day-to-day basis where they, they show up and they did, I mean, I hate to admit it. They did what I did. They tried it one time. It hasn't, it didn't work out. So they, it stopped me from trying again. So my commitment to myself, I'm going to challenge my own self here is by the, before this drops, I'm going to go out and try again and actually read a surf report. Um, but I see you, you smiling and nodding your head. I feel like you could probably relate to that at, at some level, right? Where you've tried to go do something and just like, Oh shoot. <laughs> Didn't see that one. What episode did you finally uh, acknowledge that you're a podcaster? Mm. I don't know. I don't know if there was like a pivotal point where I was like, this is something that I'm doing. I think for me, I want to say August of 2020, when I decided to leave my, my job and like really get serious about this. Yeah, Not that I wasn't beforehand, but you know what I mean? Like really be super intentional with who I sit down with uh, and share this, this time with and not being like, oh, well, Tony shot me a DM. So <laughs> looks like we're recording on Tuesday. Let's see how it goes. Um, I think that was probably one of the, the moments where I was like, all right, there's something here. Right. And then how, how long, I mean, you were showing up constantly before that in different ways. And it wasn't always yeah. successful. And the same thing goes with content creation, whatever journey you're on, right? It's not the first time, you know, you need more than one rodeo to say you've done a rodeo. Um, so I, I asked that question because yeah, like yeah. I still don't know when or if, but I know that I'm going to keep showing up because I enjoy it. It provides me fulfillment. People say they get a lot out of it. So you're constantly seeking, you're not constantly seeking, but you're getting back a lot of feedback that helps you trend in the right direction. And if only one person ever listens to it, like that's fine because you're having these moments with people and connection. Like you said, I've never shared this story on here before. Like that to me, like made me like jump through the roof. Cause it's yeah. like a, as a podcaster, like you, you constantly, you want to hear those stories that people for whatever reason haven't shared. And then when you do share it, it's like, why have you been holding on to this? Like, that's such a great story. Well, I'll, I'll put it back on you. What is a story that you haven't shared that maybe is that for you just off the top of your head? No, uh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I still constantly show up to like podcast and record whether, you know, doing on the other side of the mic, you know, trying to get somebody where I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. Like I have a structure and a format. I'm sure you had questions going into this. And once you hit record, like, you know, like it, it just kind of takes a life of its own. Yeah. And, and that's such a beautiful thing because that's just like, 
you just have to kind of start and then allow it to keep going and then contribute to it along the way. It's not like, you know, the Ronco where you set it and forget it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like pot, I would say podcasting for me, just because we're using the, that analogy of showing up the first time and then the second time and the third time. And just the hardest part is listening to my own voice. Like I, I still can't stand it, but I force myself to do it so I can figure out how to make it better. Mm. Yeah. That one's a weird one. And that one still, still gets me. So don't, don't worry. You're not alone there yeah. <laughs> in that journey. It's still something else, man. Listen to back. Um, Tony, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this time with you. And I feel like we, we can do like part five, 10,000, <laughs> whatever we could keep rolling. Um, but I want to be respectful of your time. And just before we ask you the fast five, I want to just acknowledge you, man, with just the transparency, the, willingness to always admit that you're a student of life um, is something that I really admire in you. And I, I just want to acknowledge that, Neil, I want to ask you the fast five, which is one sentence, one word answers. We're going to go rapid fire. Let's go. You're lucky, man. We're not in person. You don't have to do it in the ice bath with me. So I would have, I, I will have to do this. In I know you would have, you're, you're sick like that. And I, that's why I love you. You know, number one, what's your go-to podcast other than yours that you're jamming out to? Robin Hood snacks, uh, Nick and Jack every morning, you know, I'm not into like, we're not, obviously I'm not in the business mindset, but I just enjoy the way they present the show, um, and how, how they're coming up constantly with analogies and looking at things from different perspectives. So I would say Robin Hood snacks and then office also forever athlete. Let's go. Good choices. Good choices. Appreciate it, man. Um, go to book that you've read in the past year. Ooh, uh, let's see. Right now, oh man, there's been so many. I really am vibing on the like 365 books, Daily Stoic, Daily Laws, mm. um, where you can kind of constantly pull something different out of it. Aren't those so weird how timely they are at times? Dude, that's why horoscopes, people like yeah. can just get behind it. And I, I respect that because it's like this hit, this, what do they say? This slaps. Like it just, <laughs> it gets me. I feel seen. I was about to say, you got to, I mean- you know when that message is right for you in that moment or a quote that you live by. Quote I live by, tough times don't last forever, tough people do. I, uh, when I was a plebe freshman at West Point, uh, I found a rock after really, like it was like one of the first days of school and I was just getting crushed by the upperclassmen. Like school was just hard and that it's just a different mindset there. And I wrote that on a rock and I still have it to this day uh, to remind me like in the moment, things can absolutely suck but it's not always going to suck. And, mm. you know, when you find those moments of satisfaction, fulfillment, like I allow those, I hold on to those moments because uh, I will definitely reuse them in the future. I was going to say, it's like David Goggins, uh, little mental cookie jar, right? Like being able to go back to them and, and pull out when you need. Oh, I'm not familiar. I like that though. Yeah. But that's this whole thing is, you know, the, you go through the suck and then store it away in the cookie jar to build confidence when you're in the next season, the next tribulation whatever that is you can take a second to pause and just remind yourself like holy crap well i did this this and this before so like why am i bitching like <laughs> this is gonna be fine yeah. um we're gonna get through it number four um what is something that you can't live without air mm. beautifully beautiful right? like br breath um whatever that looks like, you know, cause sometimes your, your breath will be very short and quick because you're, you're pushing yourself to your limits and other times it, it will be slow and deliberate because you're trying to take a moment to reflect. 
Um, and then also recognize when, you know, your breath gets taken away for sad reasons or, you know, fulfillment reasons, whether that, mm. you know, I think breath taken away, it's like seeing my wife. Absolutely. Right. Breath taken away. And the sad reason was like the loss of my dad when I was a kid, you know, and understanding that breath is this thing that you always take for granted, but it means so many different things at a particular time. Mm. I think, yeah. If nothing else, people take away from this, you can take a second to just tune into your breath, what it's doing on a moment to moment basis. Again, like intuition and feelings and everything like your breath will more or less tell you what feedback you need to find that path forward subconsciously. Oftentimes we're not, we're not thinking about it. Listen um, to Corey's answer better than mine. So that's, that's what no, you take <laughs> home. That's what you take home. I love it, man. I love it. I appreciate you. Last one. Number five, if you had to sum up everything that you are doing right now, you got a lot going on, a lot of VUCA in your life. What's one word? What's your one word focus at this point in time? Patience. You'll get to where you want to go. It takes time. Just like anybody, right? You, everybody loves the rock. I'm a massive fan of Dwayne, the rock Johnson, right? He, whether you're looking at his professional wrestling or movie star career, there is times he was doing, you know, he was the tooth fairy in a movie. And now he's, you know, doing seven different jungle movies in a year. It didn't happen overnight. It takes patience to get there. Mm. Continuing to just, allow yourself to fail and succeed will be so beneficial. And it's a constant reminder that I have to live with. I have to remind myself of on a daily basis. Yeah. Being patient, but almost, I would argue as well, impatient with your actions towards where you, the results yeah. that you want. Patience with the end state impatience with your daily, you know, your daily actions. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Tony, this has been a blast, man. Thank you so much for the time. Where can those out there listening in keep up with you, all the cool stuff you got going on and just learn more about you, the journal, like everything. So the Tony Nash.com or any social media, the Tony Nash is where you're going to find me. I literally have goosebumps right now from this episode, my man, I can't thank you enough for your time. This was incredible. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, man. Of course. Uh, until next time, y'all.